What's happening, weirdos? This is my chat with my pal, Mike O'Gorman, one of the funniest people alive, one of the best impressionists alive. And this, uh, this episode is filled with impressions, which you know I absolutely love. And then also some really thoughtful and interesting, engaging stuff as well. So I hope you enjoy it. Only a couple things to plug up top. September 8th is my next show here in Los Angeles at Largo. Go to Largo, L-A-R-G-O, dash la.com for tickets that is my live stand-up show i do it once a month it's always incredible uh recently we've had Mulaney's come by uh, amy schumer's come by judd apatow uh, bo burnham did it one time phoebe bridgers did it one time there's music as well it's always 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 incredible some of my favorite people do it every single time val is usually there uh almost always there and it's the highlight of my month. I hope you can make it. Whenever you hear this episode, uh, go to Largo-LA.com and look at the calendar for Pete Holmes living at Largo. The next one is September 8th, 2022. And if you like this show, why not try a Pete's Pick? Only one Pete's Pick to mention up top here. And it's my friends at Magic Mind. Magic Mind, I think if I were to say the one product that's changed my life in the biggest way uh, in, in such a small bottle, it would be Magic Mind for sure. It has changed my relationship to work, to productivity, and to my brain. Magic Mind is not an energy drink. It is a productivity drink. In fact, it's the world's first productivity drink. It's a magical elixir that makes you focus better on your work be more creative, and drink less coffee. It has adaptogens in it, which round out the edges. If you take this with your coffee, it rounds out the edges and sort of smooths out the caffeine, not making you so jolty, but giving you energy and rounding out the energy you're getting from your coffee as well. Magic Mind on its own has about 35 milligrams of caffeine, uh, which comes from matcha, which as you know, matcha is a nice rounded, even caffeine. So it's not like a wired drink. It's a dialed in drink. I take it before I go on stage, before I write, before I work, before I have to answer emails. It gives you about five to seven hours of flow state. And I find it incredibly mood elevating, not just energy, but like feeling like your brain has shown up. Uh, so it's not just like, oh, wake up and shock yourself back to life with thousands of milligrams of caffeine. It's not that. It's productivity in a bottle. Uh, they, this is one line I like. They say creators have creatorade. Like athletes have Gatorade. This is creatorade. It is the creator's best friend. Helps fight off procrastination, brain fog, fatigue, and some symptoms of ADD getting you into that flow state after three to seven days of continuous use. It's even easier to get into that flow state. And with a money-back guarantee, any first purchase will be refunded, no questions asked, if it doesn't meet your expectations. And I actually have an offer for uh, weirdos at, from our friends at Magic Mind. All you have to do is go to www.magicmind.co. Who has time for the full com? magicmind.co slash weird and use discount code weird to get 20% off. That's a limited 20% off your first order. Val swears by it. I swear by it. I keep it in my travel bag. I keep some in my car. Anytime I'm doing something where I need to get into that flow state and just focus, but also feel that elation and that happiness. Honestly, this like mood elevation that helps me ease into what I'm doing. I swear, swear, swear by Magic Mind. It is a true Pete's pick. I reached out to them uh, after I was using them for weeks 
and now we have the promo code. So I hope you like it as much as I do. And if you want to give it a try and support the show, magicmind.co slash weird and weird at checkout. All right, guys, that's it. Hope to see you at Largo on September 8th or any other month. Uh, it's always wonderful to have weirdos there. And in the meantime, enjoy my chat with the hilarious Mike O. Gorman. Get into it. That's you, buddy. And as I always say, um, and can I get my coffee, please? It's it's that we can. It's a can full of we. <laughs> yeah. yeah, coffee from yesterday. <laughs> so I'll drink a coffee from yesterday. Will you? Sure. Have you seen... This is this, you know what I love about go this? Ahead. Are we rolling now? Yeah, we're rolling. Because this is what when I listen to podcasts and they're like, are we rolling? And you go, how the fuck do you not know that you're rolling? What do you tell me every you mean they should know because they're in a studio and you're right, holding a right. mic? They're like, are we is this is this it? Are we on? Yeah. I think the old But now I get it because I just came in and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Now you've seen. Yeah. You've seen the, the other now. side. There's a I think the old way was of course you're not rolling. Right, because you'd be smoking cigarettes like Johnny Carson, and yeah. you'd be saying like inappropriate like slurs <laughs> yeah. and stuff, yeah, and you'd sure. be like, "Yeah, check out the gams on that dame. Yeah, yeah. Man, she's been doing our cue cards for. I'll have my girl <laughs> call you tomorrow. Exactly, and then he's like, "Hey, well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sitting here with Michael Gorman. Like yeah. it was more show. Yes. Now right. it's more biz. Yeah. Now, now that we're just in make a, any you know, sense. a guest house and. I mean, Hanging thanks out. for calling it a guest house. That's yeah, an upgrade. That's this is a Raj. Is it a garage? I said Raj. Oh, Raj. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Ra- Raj. Far cooler than me. Raj Al Ghul. Um, look, is this my water? Yes. Excellent. Enjoy it. Thank you. It's not. I'm glad that you knew that was a water and not an ice cold beer. <laughs> Would you not say no to an ice cold beer? No ice cold that's beer. a beer. That's an ice cold beer. Just kidding. It's it is you're drink, you're, you, my friend, are drinking liquid death. Liquid death water. There were two things that have already. First of all, for real, I, I like. It seems like I turned on my showbiz persona because I, I greeted you at the door, very cash. Sure. Yeah. Walked you back. Very I was going to say it was very cash. Super. Well, I don't want anything. I the moment where we want to be like, hey, oh my god, we right, did that thing. Right, like, right. I, I want all that right, here. Right. right. Uh, but I want you to also know that I didn't like kick it up a gear for the show. I'm actually like sincerely and legitimately. Those all mean the same thing. Yeah. Very excited to see you. You're one of the funniest human beings, dude, alive. Please. I, I'm. I've. I felt I, the same way the whole time that I've known I was going to do this because I, you know, it's we have a, a unique relationship in that we don't see each other very often, but when we do, later, it's just like the funnest. Yeah, like, like we laugh a lot and yes, it's great. I'm having like a, a weird dream that is my life, right? And you're this delightful little. I wanted to say imp. Is imp bad? I mean, no, like a, like it. an elfish, like yeah. meaning magical. Like it's like I've right. eaten a lot of mushrooms. I pop in when you need me, and you pop in. But I'm on a quest, and like my quest is just my life. I don't mean it's like a special right, quest. Right. I'm just kind of doing my things, and whenever I see. The Anita Muscaria, is that what it's called? The the red with the white dots. It's a little hot, and you open the door, and you're wearing an apron. There's a little blood on it, because you know how mushrooms are kind of scary? Sure. There's, like, some blood on it. Like, there's something kind of devilish about you, potentially. Sure. But I always come in, and you serve me little acorn acorn caps (laughs) filled with hot tea. Yeah. And plum like wine or hot <laughs> plum wine <laughs> and honeysuckle bread, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And yeah. we eat it by a tiny fire. Mm-hmm. And every single time I see you, I die laughing. And I remember Same. that comedy, thanks, comedy can be kind of for its own sake. Yeah. Pure yeah. And, and entertaining to us. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to put it to you. One final thing. It's like, I just feel like when you, when everybody likes pirating, but then when you become a full-time pirate, then you're kind of like, yeah, I, I buck, I swashbuckle, but like, it's, it's my job. <laughs> you know, it's like not, anything, it gets boring after a while. It gets boring and it becomes something that you associate with throwing it into gear yeah. or delivering. Yeah. And it's very rare and true, uh, to have those, those imps that you've run into along the way <laughs> that whenever I'm with you, I just remember that comedy is also what we did at sleepovers. It's yeah. what we did at birthday parties. It's like, more of a hangout comedy than a than it is. More a like hang work. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never feel like I'm working when I when I'm with you. Which, yeah, same. Which actually goes all the way. But I was gonna laugh because two things just came up. One, I was gonna say cold coffee, drinking yesterday's coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buddy, you know where uh, what film references drinking cold coffee? The no. coffee that you leave out overnight and drink it the next day? No. This is going to seem like I forced it, but it happened. My dinner with Andre. <laughs> and is there anything that needs to happen more? My Andre the Giant impression is your Andre the Giant impression. Like when I did your talk show, the Andre the right, Giant right. show, it's on YouTube. Right. You can and, see it there. And that's just me sweaty and red. Like, like it, I am now. <laughs> but, but it's jumping around uh, to give it some structure. Yeah. But the actual day was just me dying. I had never heard someone do Andre the Giant. <laughs> I didn't even put it together that Andre the Giant was French. Yeah. Until I had heard you do it. Yeah. But uh, I feel like the world needs my dinner with Andre the Giant. Yeah. And well, I... <laughs> okay, so let me t- I'll go because we're on a podcast, I can go into kind of the origins of how I figured that out. So in the I, in I would the, love nothing more. In the brief moment that I did stand up. What uh, year is this? This is probably like 2004, 2000 Actually, maybe maybe more like 2005, 2006. Okay. I had a joke, my closing in my on my tight five or seven was my closing was like I love movies and I love suspense thrillers and I love when the the kidnapper call makes that ransom call and he's got that modulator on the phone call and he goes If if you want to see your daughter again, bring fifty thousand dollars to the garbage can behind the supermarket. We we have your daughter. We have your family. Yeah. Your family is on a ski lift. Your family's on a ski lift, and you'll bring stop the ski lift there. This is so good. (laughs) How are you doing that? We we just figured out I could do that. There's a power to it. See, when I do it, I go low and I lose power. Like I can't project at that. Yeah, there's there's got to be a force (laughs) through. You have to be able to force it through. and, uh, Imagine and, being that guy, but you are just making like a dinner reservation. Well, but that that's was how the you joke. Sound. The joke was oh! the joke was what if he left it on, and then calls for like Chinese takeout. That's unbelievable. It, we went he, the same and way. Goes, and it goes and it goes. Uh, you know, and I would do the whole thing like there's a group of guys around, and it's like, uh, yeah, let me get a uh, uh, order of uh, let me get like five egg rolls. Uh, a thing of uh, General Chow's chicken, and, he, and then I go, a thing. I go, what? what? <laughs> well, 
look at the menu because I'm on the phone with the guy now. <laughs> like, 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 like his friend just walked in. <laughs> so that, so I would do that joke. Look at the menu. Yeah. Well, hurry up! I'm on the phone. With the, I'm on the with the guy now. Can I say great comedy points out something that I feel, which is the tension of when you're making an order and and someone comes yeah, in late. I gotta get this done. This like yeah. you, you're wasting their time. Yeah, where have you been? And they're gonna fuck up the order, yeah. or like they're gonna yeah. take it out on us somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's food, and and it's like <laughs> we're animals and we're weird about our food. Absolutely. And some guy comes in and he's casual. You're in. You're in a situation yeah. now. Where were you five minutes ago? And you better pick fast. Yeah. And the guy that goes, I'll decide by the time it comes back around to me, you better fucking decide. (laughs) Or you just, you'll say, I'll have what he's having. Yeah. You better Harry met Sally this shit. Yeah. Yes. Hurry up. Katie, let's just point the fan at Michael Gorman, who who uh, is a a toasty roasty. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just accommodating. I'm accommodating. I appreciate it. I like it. It'll be done in a second. I like being like a hot sweaty boy. Like a bo- like am, a boss hog. I just am one. Well, right, like a like a like a Memphis judge. A Memphis judge. <laughs> your, 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 your honor, if I could just please the court, order in my court, please. <laughs> and they always wear white, the color that shows sweat the most. See, I and you can like, see it's kind of white, yellow, yes, yellowy, yes, yellowy they're, brown. Their their stuff has been soiled. Yes, it's soiled. Give me, give me a white suit. I, I plan on sweating quite a bit in the courtroom tomorrow. <laughs> the first Southern court that had air conditioning, everybody left that trial and was like, something was off. I yeah. had my kerchief, <laughs> but I didn't, u- I didn't use it a single time. <laughs> and it threw my rhythm. He was like, La- ladies and gentlemen, there's no sweat upon my brow. <laughs> how, how am I going to convince you of my earnestness? And how hard I'm fighting for the innocence of this young man. <laughs> There's a drama in There's that a, down. The, what I'm pause. saying There's is they say pause. don't act with cigarettes, don't act with food, because right. become this guy, you, you want to do it. Yes. Like it's so, it slows you down. Yeah. Na- it naturalizes what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, same for a Southern lawyer. Don't <laughs> pat your brow. Let it drip. Let it gather on your eyebrow. Yeah. And then drip, <laughs> drip down. Drip down as you're addressing the Like jury. cliffhanger. Yes. I want it to fall... <laughs> Like his friend at the beginning of Cliffhanger. Michael Rooker. Michael, Michael Rooker's Rooker. girlfriend in the beginning of Cliffhanger. You are living weed. Oh, my God. Just be with hang, I was going to say, just be with me all the time. Uh, it's I'd weird. be happy to do that. I, I appreciate that. But it's also that be with me means like be with me, like have sex. And that's that's who started that? No, that doesn't have to always be what that means. I completely agree. And I yeah. appreciate your yes and. So we were doing the bed. You got you got. Yeah. Right. So then I, I just some, <laughs> somewhere along the line, I picked up that if you put a French accent on that. Then it becomes Andre the Giant. <laughs> it's just a subtle French thing that happens where then it becomes Andre. <laughs> it's that day, that day. I, I feel like it's important to the story. I can't say for sure, but I knew you. We had done uh, Ugly Americans sure, yeah. together in New York. Yeah. So I knew you, and I knew sometimes uh, Pete's memory is smarter than Pete. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pete might go like, do I want to do something? Like, I don't know. Sure. Or maybe I was busy. I don't even know. But Pete's memory goes, I seem to recall 
Right. You love being with Michael Gorman. <laughs> well, we had done the, when we were doing Ugly Americans, our good buddy Dan Powell had that, love Dan that separate thing that he wanted to do where it was, it was right, I think, before the, uh, maybe it was when The Dark Knight came out and we did the Christian Bale or... Well, um, you're, you're bringing up, yes, Christian Bale and Morgan, and Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah. And what ha- happened on that day, so Dan Powell had the idea that we could try, it, this almost always fails, unfortunately, when you try to make a viral video. Yeah, yeah. And, and it didn't end up working in that way. But he had the idea that we could make a fake video and say that it was leaked audio right. from the set of The Dark Knight. Of the Dark Knight, I think. And The Dark Knight was being filmed at the time. Yeah. All we knew was Christian Bale and Morgan Freeman were right, in it. Right, right. So he was like, Let's- Funny enough, this was before Christian Bale's leaked right. audio from Terminator Salvation. And would that have happened had we not made our video? The answer is no. <laughs> it's a definitive no. All on, things on being my... super connected, I'm going to say we made that happen. Mm-hmm. So this is before McJay, yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. Poor guy. I feel bad for everybody. Yeah. yeah. I feel I bad know. for everybody. I know. I, I don't mean to make this about Christian Bale, but when people were like, what an asshole, I was yeah. like, man, when you make somebody a superstar, like they're basically walking around with the pressure <laughs> of yeah. a lot, yeah. of a lot. You like eat what you cook. You eat what you cook. <laughs> Same ferocious intensity that makes him great. Yeah. Is also what makes him snap at Mick sure. G. Sure. Mick G, who later we learned was kind yeah. of known to be a, a turd. That's what I heard. I guess. I, I don't know. It. He's actually my current boss. Mick G? <laughs> no. Yeah. I start filming on in September on uh, True Lies for CBS, and he's one of the- Mick G? Mick G, yeah. Okay. Mick G and uh, Jimmy Cameron are Mick- my bosses on this show. James? I've never, I've not met either of them, but they're my bosses. James, Jimmy Cameron- and James McG- Avatar Cameron, <laughs> James Vegan Cameron, and McGee, the the cinematographer from Terminator Salvation. Yeah, Do you did he direct that movie? No, I think he's just the cinematographer. Oh, okay. And you do the best Christian Bale that's of all time. You have to yell at him as Christian Bale day I might. one. Oh, maybe I will day one. If he's there, he wasn't there for the pilot, but if he's there, I'll yell at him in that because you. I was going to say you have to start. I've never heard. I'm sorry to make this morning radio. No, it's but it's the best Christian Bale I've ever heard. In my well, life. and that comes from in Batman Begins. There's a scene where he's talking to Katie Three Holmes in the kitchen. Is a little nineties, <laughs> right? <laughs> and he just said this line that where I was like, "Oh, that." And it was he says to Katie Holmes, who plays Rachel Dawes in the movie. He says he's talking about the guy who killed his parents, and he goes. He goes, Rachel, I cannot let that pass. And he just had this, pass. he has this thing yeah. in his mouth that where his tongue's almost too big for his mouth. And, you know, you can't, and, and, and then I could go back and, for, you know, then you could kind of go cannot, back and forth I to cannot. the British and then, you know, you know, sort of back to American. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's just this tongue thing that happens. And I don't know if that sounds good in this. No, but. it does. But you would do it like what what we did for Dan Powell was I was Morgan Freeman and you were Christian Bale. And like five minutes in, I realized my Morgan Freeman was like finger paint Morgan Freeman. And <laughs> I you like were, your, no, I, I really appreciate it. But we were trying to do like a conversation. It was like cut. And then right. you'd be like. We ended up talking about sandwiches or something like, oh, what do they have for lunch or something like that? Right. It was like. 
I, I, I think somebody said sandwiches at sandwiches today. <laughs> like something like that. Well, <laughs> and then when you hear yours, which sounds like a real guy, <laughs> yours sounds like a guy. And then I'd be like, I sound like a guy doing an impression. I'd be like, well, a delicious sandwich is always good for lunch. And it's like, <laughs> is that how he sounds? Like Morgan Freeman, like for real on a movie set probably sounds like, well, great. I can't even do it. Right. It's probably like deeper. <clears throat> wonderful. <laughs> and then he goes, and then he does his Morgan Freeman when he's like, the penguins go up the hill for yeah, right. four days and seven nights. <laughs> God, Morgan, you said four days and seven nights. <laughs> the time get, doesn't next, it doesn't really work out that way. You get one take. Use the four from four days and paste it over the seven. I'm sure I use another number at some point in the... The in fact, one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> just cut to everyone waiting, seven, eight, nine, zero. I'm going to 37, <laughs> 18. <laughs> he, has a, he has a number. I always do 37. You'll never see a movie where Morgan Freeman says 38. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. All right. Well, funny enough, so we did that audio thing the christian bale morgan freeman thing two years later I spilled coffee on my shirt Mike. oh bitch son of at least it wasn't yesterday's <laughs> and uh so two These years conversations later. were having about the metaphysical law <laughs> really blowing my mind at least it wasn't yesterday's coffee <laughs> that is <laughs> you do you have like a sing-songy quality like yeah, it's and I gotten like, that like he's that. Simple that he's like, at least it wasn't yesterday's call for you. <laughs> like he's just kind of like, kind of happy-go-lucky. Every Andre. sentence is a presentation. Sometimes <laughs> with him, yeah. I decided today to wear this hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you were saying sorry. So two years later, or something like that. I was. I had moved here. We're having. I was having. I had a friend over, and he goes, the, I forget what the conversation, how it started, but he goes, have you ever heard that that audio recording where they did Morgan Freeman and Christian Bale? And I went, that's me. No. He had known, he knew about the thing, and he didn't know it, it was me. And I was like, that's me and Pete Holmes. No, he believed that it was them? I don't think he believed it, but he was. he, was he like, had heard it and was yeah. like, yeah, there, I heard this guy does a Christian... Or maybe I had done it, and then he was like, yeah, I heard this video, this thing. And Whoa. he was like, that's a good Christian Bale, too. And I was like, yeah, because it's me. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, it's the same one. So what is this thing you're doing with Jim James Cameron? Like, so, Yeah, not, not, in, to, not to force this into the <laughs> podcast. Into the, We call it a narrative. I did a pilot <laughs> in November. For, so CBS is doing a series version of the movie True Lies. Wow. And so is I'm the Tom Arnold guy cast. Wait, he, he you're is. you're the Schwarzenegger? No, no, no. I'm I play like a new character, but I am a spy that works with him. We're like co-workers. And I mean it's not a spoiler to say like in the movie, you know, he struggles with Joe Manganella. Who's the Schwarzenegger? <laughs> oh, his uh Steve Howie. Steve who you Howie? might know from Shameless. Okay. Um and uh in uh in the movie, he's sort of Arnold is struggling with the juggling the fact that he's a spy, but he has to keep this huge secret from his family. Yes, he's a family guy, and uh, so in the show, I play a coworker spy 
of the Harry Tasker character who, you know, when he's sort of dealing with this, I'm the guy that's like, well, he shouldn't have gotten married. What a fucking idiot. Like, you know, like I'm sort of the the class clown and like the... (laughs) He's, yeah. They describe him as um, a harmless misogynist. <laughs> Which is what we the... called a man for like most yeah. of known history. <laughs> yes, he's yes, a yes. harmless misogynist. <laughs> yes, he hates yeah. women. Yeah, but he doesn't hit them. Does... <laughs> this is a win. <laughs> he calls them broads. He take, calls them gams. Take what you can get. Take it's what you can get. get it's a win. This. It's a win. That's wonderful. And yeah. did you meet uh, Flock of Seagulls Cameron? What? Who? No, no, I didn't meet. He wasn't there, uh, nor was Mick G. Was, Mick G was directing a movie in Atlanta we shot in New Orleans. And uh, so I didn't meet them on there. But we start to, I think we start shooting the series in early September. I don't know if they'll be down there at all. But And this uh, is a single camera? This is what if it was a multicam? It is it. Ladies and gentlemen, long. true <laughs> lies. I <laughs> everybody. He's not doing Schwarzenegger. No, I, he's I, not I, doing I, the. He's I, not doing the Austrian accent. <laughs> we we've lost that from the original, unfortunately. And are there cutaways to fantasies? Because remember, in True Lies, that was kind of a thing. Was like he'd oh, be yeah. test driving the car and it punched the guy. Yes, I mean it's it's possible we could do that. There's none of that in the pilot, but uh, yeah, oh. that's like not out of the realm of possibility for you this know, show. You want a pilot written right, Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> you know, there's certain, we call them mechanisms <laughs> that are established in the world. It's everyone's building. blue. And no, it, that's a different Yeah, because he's, he's going full Avatar. I think, he's, I think this is just an ad for Avatar. An, ad, an Avatar? <laughs> an Avatar. Do you remember when Avatar <laughs> came out and everyone thought it was virtual Jamiroquai insanity that... that it was going to be like CGI. Do you remember that? I remember. Yeah, I remember like everybody being like, "It's going to be the most like CGI or like the bi- the, well, the I, most involved visual well, experience." Well, then we had seen uh, dinosaurs be CGI. Sure. And then somebody was like, "No, the whole thing is CGI. Like right. there is no Pandora, <laughs> sweetheart." You can't go to Pandora. It's not real. I don't know if you know this. Pan, you want to see Pandora? He has a USB drive on him, just to make the point. This is Pandora. This is Pandora's. And then, and then he drives home and he goes, All the mountains, all the hills, all the rivers. All the braids that go drive. into the fucking dragon. And then he drives home later that day and goes, Fuck, I should have said this is Pandora's box. Is it too late to go back? I to turn it around. He does a Yui on the freeway, goes back. Yeah. Ah, this is Pandora's bag. So yeah. we reveal he's talking to a skeleton. What I, I don't know why. He, he took he took any human form. So that's incredible. So like you straight auditioned and booked, big deal. Yeah, it was a it was weird because it, I had I, I had I had like this three year drought, basically, of not really doing anything and COVID and all that stuff. And so self-tapes were not a thing. And I got to a point where my my number of auditions were not what they had been a couple of years ago and uh, for various reasons. And, and so I reached out to my agent. I said, can you, can you start sending me out on drama so we can cast a wider net so I can just get out on more stuff? And that, you know, because you, you know this. But <laughs> and like, then he was like, yeah, and you're like, also, why am I thinking of this? Yeah. <laughs> why was this my well, idea? Is, you know this. You get pigeonholed 
into these pockets of like, well, you know, I and I don't I never know how to describe myself because I I wasn't a stand up like you. I did sketch, but I ba- I came Here up. Here are a few like, words for you, dashing. <laughs> I used to I used to say just one word. I used to go, you know John Krasinski? And go, yeah. And I go, I kind of do what he does. Hilarious. Like I'm just like a comedic actor. Yeah. Like I'm not a stand-up. I wasn't and like And Krasin called his agent and was like, I want to be Jack Ryan. Right. And that works. And it does work. I mean, like I like it. That's always been a show that I'm like, should I be watching yeah. Jack Ryan? It's fun. Yeah. Right. Um, right. They have the Amazon has cornered the market on all the jacks. They got Reacher. They got Ryan. <laughs> hey, they got Jack Frost. I'm talking the Michael Keaton horror movie where he plays a sociopathic he, snowman. He comes back to life as a snowman. Every movie pitch I've ever had where they're like, it doesn't seem like for us. I'm like, you know, someone made Jack Frost. And then I flick lit cigarettes yes. at each of the executives. Yes, yes. I have my, my assistant holding lit cigarettes that are towards the towards the nub. Yeah. So I can you flick want it, tiny. You want it to be I want it to spin right at least. to the butt. Yeah. Smoke it to the filter, yeah. yeah, and hit him in the eye, ideally. Yes, and then I uh, and then I leave DVDs of Jack Frost. No, Just H DVDs. <laughs> I leave H DVDs, high definition yeah, yeah. video desk. You know, in the black box, in the <laughs> the ones in the black box. They tried. <laughs> they sure did. In swooped Blu-ray. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, you do know we're doing a documentary about HDV about the transition versus... from H- HDV to Blu-ray. HDV, yeah. it was a it was a weird time. It was a dark time. <laughs> it was a dark time. Uh, Armageddon and Deep Impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so you were saying, oh, you call your agent. Oh, so I said, this is a good story, by the way. Are you are you're in a three year slump? This couldn't have been easy. No, it was, it, I, I wasn't getting stuff, and in COVID, we were doing self-tape auditions where- Living alone? Yeah, yeah. So just Mike Oso? Uh, no, I was, I was, I was based, I was living, I was separated from my wife at the time, and I was dating somebody else, and I was living with her, basically, but using my place as, like, an office. So I'd come home- I'm sorry, and I, you mean the L.A. way? Yeah, the L.A. You way. You the yeah, L.A. Yeah. way. And, um, and, uh. Anyway, so what if so, I, you just see me like loudly and conspicuously write down "separated from wife"? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you can hear based I on the go scratches. Back to this. <laughs> You're like that was an S. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. E. Well, as a divorced, I love talking right. about divorce. I find it to be helpful and interesting. But yeah. we will put a pin. Sure. Put but I wanted that. you to the little glimmer in the Holmesy eye when I'm like, ooh, okay, <laughs> a heartbreak, ooh, yeah, more lessons Juicy. learned. <laughs> lessons were learned though, I bet. Okay, so you're living with your girlfriend who? Yeah. So then, so then I, I, and this was kind of before COVID, but the first like dramatic thing he sends me out on is uh, Perry Mason, which was they redid that for HBO, and I get it. <gasps> And First that thing. was live. That was a live audition before COVID. And so I went, see? See? And so more of that came in. But then COVID happened. This and really then- seems like when products figure out that they have like a male, forgive me, I watch Shark Tank sometimes. They have a male skewing pro- uh, product. Right. And they're always like, make the female version. 
Right. And you're like, you guys right. have this folder marked comedy and this folder marked drama. Yeah. yeah. And you're dragging yeah. the Mike O'Gorman headshot just to the comedy <laughs> folder. Yeah. You don't even have to walk it down the hall. You also lose nothing exactly. sending somebody out on dramas. Exactly. Exactly. I I guess maybe should I be telling them to send me out? On yeah, drama? yeah. Yeah. That's what yes. you have, that's what you kind of think. You're yeah. like God, do I broach this subject? But yeah. I kind of had to. And Good then, for you. So fast forward through COVID, and and was your girl? It, was your lady at the friend uh, friend at the time a actor as well? No, okay. no. Uh, worked in the business, but not in the uh, business. Not in front okay. of the camera. Okay. Um, uh, no, for for some reason, that added nuance to the story to me to be like, and we're both actors. We're both hitting the bottom. <laughs> we need help. We're both frustrated. I we're drinking pr- in the morning. <laughs> we're drinking in the morning. We're drinking in the evening. And pizza at supper time. When you put pizza on a bagel, you can have pizza anytime. Pizza bites. Yeah, uh, bagel. Pizza bagels. Uh, Is that a sponsor? Yeah, I'm sorry. I have to do this. <laughs> pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening. Just one second. Pizza at supper time. When pizza's on a bagel, you can, you have, can pizza have pizza anytime. anytime. Yeah. You can have pizza, pizza anytime. anytime. You can have pizza, pizza anytime. anytime. <laughs> you we got, got there. You got real good by the end. You did like a time. <laughs> You just gotta bend the notes. Sometimes you just gotta bend the notes, like a like a Joe Perry Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> you moved the, you moved it. That was digital manipulation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, sorry. Yes, dot weird uh, for fifty percent added to your uh, checkout price. Yeah. Well, so at, in November, I was kind of like that. The True Lies thing came across, and I was like, I'm never gonna get this, but I'll put myself on tape for it, and because it's an hour long, and it just didn't seem right. And because then, it was too serious, it it, it 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 read serious. But later they were like, because what I just I did improv uh, improv stuff in there to make yeah. it funnier, yeah. Because that's what I do, and then th- that's what kind of got me the gig. Because they were like, it's not like an NCIS; it's a, it's an action comedy. We want the humor in it. So all I remember from True Lies was that it was funny. It was funny, right? Yeah, and so they want to try and capture the tone of that. And so yeah. Um, but it didn't read like that. It read, Again, you know. If Jimmy Cameron, you know who's available for script writing? I would have loved to adapt True Lies into an hour long. Yeah, comedy. Well, when drama. I saw this, when I saw it, I was like, of course. Yeah. What a great idea. Yeah. Like, of course, this should be a show. Yep. And I'm. I'm Dana. <laughs> is his daughter named Dana? Uh, yes. Dana. So. Yeah. It's my first Schwarzenegger was just yelling Dana. 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 You always bring, like, I'm serving, like, just kind of heated up chicken broth, yeah. and then you're always like, is there celery in here? I, always, like, I, I think I revert to, like, I always loved uh, Daryl Hammond's Arnold, because he would do the thing that Arnold does, like, in interviews, so he'd be like, and we went on vacation, and we're talking about this and that, and all this stuff, and all these things, and then we we climb the the mountain, and we get to the top, and we're looking out at all these things, and all this stuff, and like he, these little nuanced like things that he puts in the middle of his phrases, and so I kind of stole <laughs> that from him. I've talked about it on the pod before, but it's one of the best things you can ever watch is his uh, DVD commentary on Total Recall. <laughs> where no one told poor Arnold what a DVD commentary was. They were kind of new. And he's just going, and this is the scene where I have to put a, a locator in my nose. And of course, it doesn't fit, so it's very painful to pull it out. And everyone's like, no, 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 like, talk about... 
talk about like what it was like on set yeah. or whatever. Don't just say, and now Sharon Stone, she's an agent and she's fighting me and I'm going to win, but like it looks like I might lose. Look at this, I might lose. <laughs> like it's just like, right here, I might lose, but then I don't lose. <laughs> And I flip her over the table. I flip her over the table. That was something they only did in the 90s where it was like a fight scene, but it was kind of like, is this sexy? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, I, think, I think I saw a nipple. Like yeah. a nipple was in, yeah. in part of it. I like this. Why do I, I like this? <laughs> Just idiot, man. I like this. Yeah, yeah. Violence and sex more at the this. same yeah. time. What fun. Bill Hader, I'm like telling Bill Hader's story like I know him, but he has a funny story. I think he was like a PA on the movie like Erasure. And... He said that at one point Arnold was relaying a story that from the shooting Predator. Oh wow! And he's and Arnold is making schnitzel like on a grill, and he goes in the jungle. I guess so. Yeah, and there's someone can't. Oh, this is on the set had. of Eraser, or no? On the he's set of telling the story on oh, Eraser, okay. but he's talking about Predator, and he's talking about how he was grilling on the set of Predator, and he goes, and and this is how Bill Hader tells it. He just goes, and Bill Duke loved the schnitzel, and Jesse Ventura loved the schnitzel. Carl Weathers loved the schnitzel. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> just listing. That's what I mean. There's sort of like a child, not childish, just a childlike. Yeah. And it's part of why he was good in Kindergarten Cop and stuff. Yes. Is there something earnest and just sort of like, and everybody likes jujubes. Yeah. You pull them out. It doesn't have to be at the movies. You put them in your living room. <laughs> everybody puts them, you get them stuck in your teeth, enjoy it later. Enjoy it later in the yeah. car. When you're in the car, you just pick it, you pick pick it, it out of your teeth and it's bothering you. And you look at it because you want to know what color it it's is. It's like a booger. It's like a booger, but it's okay. <laughs> Nobody mind. It could be red. It could be yellow. It could be green. It doesn't have to be the one color. Maybe it's a bunch of them stuck together. My, mine is getting worse as yours is getting worse. I feel better. like mine's getting worse. No, <laughs> it's because you're listening to mine. My first was actually from Predator, which was, kill me, I'm here. Kill me now. Kill me now. Who are you waiting for? <laughs> it's, see, it's getting worse. This is perfect because I, obviously I was excited to do impressions with you today. And I was like, I hope my pitch is on. And it's off. It's, I feel like it's fine. Well, that's because you're a good and true friend. Uh, but it's, <laughs> That's because you're a good and true friend and you're a liar. And you're lying to <laughs> no, me like a true you. friend might. <laughs> Uh, you were saying you booked True Lies. Uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was, was kind served. of a rigorous casting, but I did end up booking it, and, and it was... Tell me know. about the improv process. Do you remember? Because people are interested. Believe it or not, sure. you and I are walking around smoking filterless camel cigarettes, mm -hmm. riding on longboard skateboards down Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> Between casinos. Between casinos, <laughs> spitting on the names of mm -hmm. our foes. Yes. You know, yes. on the stars. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people watching that are like, I want to be an actor. I'm interested in acting. And one of the things that's interesting to me about funny folk is uh, when you add to the audition in an appropriate way. Right. And this, can you think of a, a line or a moment that, that you think... There, is, there was a scene that we did where... So uh, my partner in the show, who's played by uh, Erica Hernandez, who's wonderful... Um, the the character's name is Maria, and we have this sort of contentious relationship. We butt heads a lot. And the scene in the audition was kind of like this argument that we're having. And she says something at the very end of the scene, and I think 
I think for like dramatic stuff, if I were to do this, it's always like at the tail end. You just like button it with something rather than like pop okay, it in the middle. See, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Most people have to audit a class at NYU where right. like some actors coming in to give a guest lecture. I mean it. Like we're living in a really good time if you're trying to get into like a yeah. off the path profession mm-hmm. because what you're saying is what we're saying is when you're auditioning you don't want to fuck up the whole scene and add all of no, this shit you don't want to like make it too busy but at the end great moment yeah you just so the, she says this thing and then i kind of like i'm i'm like embarrassed and then i kind of like because the the scene has the tom arnold character gib in it he's not in he doesn't have dialogue but he's there mm. and so i just kind of turned and was like um let's say um it's a good looking sandwich, kid. Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that sandwich? Something like that. But it was just like a like. It's like I don't want to be in this conversation anymore. I want to, you know, divert. Yes. So it yes. was like this little funny moment. And yeah, it's just it doesn't that that the, some of those things don't work to pop something in the middle and make it about you. It works at the end when you serve whatever the thing you is. You show them that you can do it yeah. photorealistic. Yeah, yeah. And then you get impressionist. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was I love another, that. The, the other one was the same thing. We're having like a back and forth and then she walks off and I just went... <laughs> or like I made some face like... I made some face like, eh, that's you. Like, you know... That's <laughs> like, you. So, yeah. <laughs> Buddy, I... I, I think that's fantastic i'm also interested sorry to keep bringing this back up like i'm trying to get you to cry or something but like (laughs) in the lifestyle of being a comedian and an actor and looking for these breaks which i'm so i'm I'm not just saying this i'm going to watch true lies if only just for you you. but i would also probably be interested in that anyway yeah so i'm going to check that out and i love that you book perry mason but a little bit because when people are talking about wanting to be an actor, I mm-hmm. think they're just like they think they're gonna like glide on one roller skate topless into Hollywood and have someone start taking <laughs> pictures of them. Yeah. And next thing yeah. you know, you're that's in, certainly what I thought. Certainly what both of us did <laughs> in the first half yeah. of our careers. Yeah, yeah. But little do you know, you should have put a roller skate on that other foot. Yeah, because it's a long ride, baby. Two or better. Going back. Two or better. But that that dry spell is interesting to me. You yeah. were going well, and then and then how did you make it work? Well, I, you know, and this is like, this is a cop out because it's like, you know, what's the secret? Well, my secret was I sold a pilot script. <laughs> yeah, okay. And but that, floated on that through But COVID. that's a great secret. Uh, it, it sounds like not a secret. Like you're like, well, I did this other thing that might not be relatable, but yeah. I think it should be relatable because especially when you're trying to make it in show business, it seems like diversifying is always really, really good yeah. advice. I, 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 you know, the old model of the triple threat is kind of dead people don't sing and dance and act anymore but right i think imagine you know, there was a time when you guys like us would have been expected to know how to dance yeah like would go into auditions yeah. and be like, yeah let's see your moves periwinkle <laughs> and you're like oh. right away sir <laughs> tip, tap, tip, tap, tip, tap, tip. <laughs> yeah next what is a mulaney says that he took tap lessons like as a kid because he was watching all these old movies and he's like that's just what you do to get in show business and you also have to he was like tapped in. this voice <laughs> get me sign me up for classes and i'm gonna talk like these boys i took tap dancing lessons i took tap i wanted to do it and i murdered <laughs> that's <laughs> spelt with an o instead of murdered a murdered it. give me a toothpick and two regular two chocolate donuts give me the same thing to go 
but yeah, like that was. But I think now the the you know the the other threats are more like writing and you know directing or whatever. Right, you know, exactly. Whatever. Like you can't. I don't know. I, for me, like it just wasn't working to do one. Yeah. No. Um, Who does it work for? I mean, uh, Jason Siegel did this pod, and I, I really admire him for doing exactly what I did. I probably, I think, I learned it directly from him. Right. Which is like guys, especially like us, like com- comedian guys, mm-hmm. not your T. Cruises. Right. T. Right. Cruz is rollerblade into town on one rollerblade. Yes. And, he and managed sure to make does. that work. I'm not saying... It's really just a tiny skateboard, if you think about it. A rollerblade? Oh, not a rollerblade, a roller skate. <laughs> oh my God, it's a footboard. Yeah. Because you, cause you would be pedaling with the other foot if you're just wearing one. If you wear one roller skate, brother, you're wearing a skateboard. You're wearing a little skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you kind of daintily put it up on your foot. <laughs> and then go back. Mm-hmm. Fan-fucking-tastic. Just cruising. Speaking of... Well, what I was going to say was, I, even if you're beautiful, I do think in this town it is a cliche that there's like 300,000 people yeah there are even people that kind of look like t cruz oh sure yeah tig nataro does she look like tom cruise <laughs> she has a joke about how she looks like tom cruise so that joke <laughs> is tig approved uh but th- what i'm saying is I, I i i i don't know i've been overhearing people in my life lately being like t cruz sucks and i'm like t cruz is fantastic he's great you can't thank you everybody that knows knows and and i you know i, I guess i'm one of these people that has decided to just set aside the fact that he probably knows where Shelly Miscavige is buried. Um, but I go, I pay to see his movies. <laughs> I, I will, I am. <laughs> I don't, that, that we should have this here. There's always a moment in the pod where I'm like, not sure how to respond. And I'm like, yeah, I just, you know, we've kind of put away, we've kind of put to the side, the Scientology thing. Yes. Where, but I, look, I'll be first online to see that new Mission Impossible. Are you fucking karate kicking me right now? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be... I think I've seen that trailer no less than a hundred times. I just keep watching it. The No Doors trailer? <laughs> I have one note for the trailer. They they go back to that car with no doors a few too many times. I'm okay. like, we've seen a Jeep True. Cherokee. True. We've yeah. seen a carless door. Yeah. But, I, but I'm also watching it and I'm like... They fucking did it. They always do it in those movies where I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen that place. Like yes. they find some city. Yes. It's like, have you heard of Istanbul? Yeah. 30 clicks south. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a town called Yamash. 30 clicks south, there's a little bridge <laughs> where we're going to have Isai Morales <laughs> fight with a sword. <laughs> and you watch it and you... it. I actually think those movies subconsciously make you just go like, the world is big yes and sometimes thinking that the world is big like when there are all these ugly pockets of the world mm-hmm. like we, arguably we sometimes live in one of, like there's certain parts yeah. of la where you're like oh god it just kind of depresses you that it yeah. looks so shitty and then you watch a movie you're like that and you're just like some places the water is clean <laughs> and there's fish that's that you can... bluer than my water <laughs> maybe we are okay <laughs> you pick up a fish with your bare hand and just take a bite of yeah, it yeah just take a bite out of it, it back. just bite the head off <laughs> Dunk it right back in the water. And it just bleeds out. It's this <laughs> horrible. And as he continues to walk towards camera, majestic and glistening in this <laughs> idyllic place, you can still kind of see the fish bleeding out yeah. and spasming. Blood running down his chin. 
<laughs> just a little. <laughs> um, we, oh, I'm asking, you, so you sold a pilot. Yeah, I sold a pilot like right as things kind of locked down. Tell me the it, name of the pilot and I'll tell you what it's about. Oh, uh, it's, it was called The Man from Los Angeles. All right, The Man <clears throat> from Los Angeles. This is yeah. a show. It's a half hour single cam comedy. Yes. About a, a sci-fi comedy. Okay, I'll give you that. Don't correct me. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Man from Los Angeles. Okay, now I know it's a science fiction. Fuck. Okay, and it's in the future, and it's a guy, aliens come, and he's from Los Angeles, and he only knows movies. That's all I, you ruined Close. It. Really? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Meaning he thinks reality is movies, and uh, they take him, and he tells them all about movies, and that's what they think Earth is. is I it? like that. That's almost like a like a Galaxy Quest kind of thing. A Galaxy Quest being there. Yeah. Like all, yeah. He, all he knows <laughs> is show business. So he's the man from Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to refine it. Okay. Aliens abduct one guy, uh, f- and they happen to get a guy from Los Angeles. Right. So they can learn about what Earth is. And from this like parody, you learn that like all he knows is what he knows from like Instagram and movies and stuff. Yes, yeah. So they get a very skewed version of the yes, world. But they're so impressed. But they're so impressed. And they try to replicate these. <laughs> oh, and then they take it back to their planet. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And they have like gifting suites and swag bags and Teslas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're like, "This is Earth yes. culture. Yeah, this is, you're one of the most successful cultures. Yes. Yeah, this is the Met Gala. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Vanity Fair is an essential publication. That like." They just start saying the things he yes, says. Yes. Yeah. It was uh, the it was it was um, loosely based on an urban legend called the man from Torred, and the the pilot was about a guy who's on a business trip in New York, and when he flies back home to L.A. and he lands, he's in an alternate universe where his best friend's married to his girlfriend, and you know he has a different job, and he's got a sort of he has to throw himself into this alternate life while he also tries to figure out, out how to get happened. home. Yeah. Last time I fly Jet Blue, I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. <laughs> I'll tell you this. That pilot would be very short. I walk in, best friend, stupid my girlfriend. I, 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 I murder him. I don't know what's worse. The alternate universe or those peanuts? Where they get those things? And why is the bag so small? It's a six hour flight. There's <laughs> three peanuts in there. I need protein. That's a great idea. It was fun. Is that an urban legend or just like a myth? That just sounds like a fairy tale. It was. It, it's like a story that's out there. Yeah. Um, about on like, the streets. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, the story is that in like it's like 1954, a guy lands in Japan, and the same thing kind of happened to him. And then, but you know, they, so they detain him, and they put him in a hotel, and then the next day they go, and he's gone. That's allegedly a true story. Right. That's what they say. Right. Oh. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of poached a little bit of that and then made it my own. Um, and what and what happened? It was hour long. It, no, it was a half hour comedy. Uh, it was at a, a streamer, and they uh, <laughs> they I guess I can just say it. It was at HBO Max, and when I went in with it, they were like, "This is gr- this is exactly what we want. This is like a world building show that's big and has a lot of characters and stuff." And then. By the time it went through development, as you know, it was like a long process. It's a pain in the ass. By the time it went through and they said no, it was like, uh, you know what? We're actually going to reboot Sex and the City and rerun Big Bang Theory instead. You know, they were they were they just changed their model completely. Oh wow! And uh, and so it was not. It was no longer about these big world buildings because they were coming off Game of Thrones, and I think they wanted Westworld. Yeah, exactly. 
So, you know, and that's fine, but that happens. Yes. And that always happens. And uh, you're talking to a fellow who's just canceled because they were like, we're going a completely different direction. And, well, this is what it's I, the best way to get canceled, actually. You don't I, want to be canceled because you're like, you stink. Is that what the, that, that was the thing? Maybe I'm believing what I was told, but it seems real is that they canceled like four of their comedies and they're like, we're right. doing drama. Like that I wonder if they canceled the your show so they could life. put mine on. Actually, I mean, I'm supposed to be like, you son of a bitch, you fucked my wife. I would be thrilled if that were the case, because at least it'll be, I mean, not at least, I mean, I'd love it to be a friend. And so, like, right, right. You'd she's got to be, be with somebody, yeah. I'm glad it's you. I'm drunk. I'm glad CBS is with you, baby. I, I wanted to ask you about that because I had, I, I watched every episode of that show. You did? I did. And I was, I'm curious because... Again, like we didn't know each other then, but I know we came up at the same time. And you know, when when we were starting out, was like the advent of like alt comedy, Rafifi, and all that stuff. I ended up doing more stuff for like the Pit and that. But yeah, um, you just and I'm slipped curious. Into bail a little bit <laughs> at the Pit. I just ended up doing a lot of stuff at the Pit, <laughs> and uh, and and, uh, and I was curious. To know, because, so my thing is, when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, I'm like chasing SNL, um, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to hop around, the dream is to get on like a Parks and Rec or something like that. Which you'd be perfect for, by the way, you're like a true dyed-in-the-wool, you're like a Chris Pratt, you should be in Jurassic Park. I should be in Jurassic Park, I will bring this up. I don't mean the movie, <laughs> I think we should make a dangerous park. <laughs> And, and let you, you sh- and die. You should in. work there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you had, like the first thing I said when you came to the door, I was like, "You're always better because the level of funny yeah. you are, you should have a hobble. You should be hobbled, <laughs> and you should you should you have, have a, one a skateboard shoe." <laughs> yeah. I keep a waiting for the eye. like when I'm talking to you. I keep waiting for something to level it that lets me know why you developed a personality like I did. <laughs> Mine is boob shadow and sort of like a spotty, ready Lithuanian thing. <laughs> You uh, you could be like a Chris Pratt. I don't know. I just want to get it out there. Thank you. Thank you. Play that clip for your agent. <laughs> old one folder out of two at WME. Well, so my, my question is, is like, so I, I was trying for that for such a long time. And then I got to be like 38. And I was like, well, someone just hand me a fucking CBS procedural and put me out of my fucking misery and just let me last for 10 years on yeah, some yeah, yeah. fucking hour long shot. Let me ride it out on bones. And hopefully that's what will now happen. And yeah. I'll have some stability for a long time yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of just hopping around through guest spots. But I was yeah. curious because like, I feel like when in, in, the, in the early 2000s or mid 2000s when we were starting, it wasn't cool to do the multicam thing right no, no. you know like everybody was looking to do something new well, we and different all, or weird people all our age were raised with multicam so i think it f- might have felt like the old thing yes exactly so you wanted to be on um wilford <laughs> is that the show wilford wilford I, re- I had a pitch meeting at fx one time and the phone rang i'm sitting on a couch like this and the phone rang next to me and they go just pick it up and hang it up and i picked it up and uh, and I hung it up, and then I picked it up again, and I go, "What? They canceled Wilfred? <laughs> oh my god! That it did go well in the room. It killed. Yeah, of course it killed. Uh, uh, 
I think actually I'm, I'm putting this together for the first time. People our age grew up with multi-cams, mm-hmm. and that was what comedy was. Seinfeld right. and Friends being the tail end of that. Right. Then Arrested Development comes out when we're like 20, 20, 20-ish, around there. Yeah. In like our that. 20s. Yeah. And we're like, oh, this is the new thing. This is what you want to be on a show that looks like a movie. Right. Uh, they were doing different things. So then I think that built that stigma. Also, it's just, it is kind of traditionally a different joke style. This For morning, sure. I was writing a multicam pilot, and I was like, I just kind of like it because you can make, I'm not saying, let's put it this way single cam, you're just making a lot more like subtle, sort of real grounded moments. Yeah. And in multicam, you're free to be like, Okay, I guess that's a no. Yeah, like it's, it's like that. And, wow, and that's fun. Yeah, I was this. Sure. I didn't, but it's this close to be like, like a burp and someone be like, "I'll take that as a no," like right. that sort of thing. Right. But there is a, a a music to it. I'm not saying you can't elevate it and do it in a really interesting sure. way. But there's something liberating, like improv comedy, mm-hmm. where you're like, if there's a joke, take it. Yeah, like, do it. Yeah. Don't don't necessarily just. Yeah, play it for just realism. Let's go see a play today. Right. Okay. Right. So go on. Right. No, that was that. That's what I was curious about. Was like, I don't think you're the kind of person that would ever do anything because you felt that you had to. But you know, notoriously for those who don't know, like the multicam thing, the schedules are better now. You have a family. Like, yeah. did it f- did it fit better for you now? Buddy, I've just been I've been spending the past like three. First of all, generous question. Thank you. I've been spending like when the show was canceled, I was like totally fine. I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's not personal. Mark Gross, the guy who created it, my friend, he called me, he let me know. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Right. But you know, we immediately started looking for the upside. We're like, right. but at least we know. You right. know, we had been waiting for a while. We're like, at least we have our answer. Right. We can, can stop. On. And, you know, we did a good job and we're proud of it. Uh, you, at least they aired them all. Sometimes they cancel right. it like right. two in. Yep. And it's over. Yep. And I think, I'm not sure how that works, but I'm pretty sure you only get paid for whatever your guarantee was, not to right. be coarse, but right, I think right. the ones that you didn't shoot or didn't air, I mean, that that just never happened. Right. So it goes away. Um, so I was like, at least they aired them all. We're proud of it. All the, All this positive stuff. And then, like, slowly but surely, exactly what you're saying started creeping in where I was like, I miss my friends. I, ma- I made friends with all of these people. Sure. Um, especially Katie Lowe's. We got really close, my, my TV wife. And the schedule was so good and so fun. And when I say easy, I don't mean it didn't have its challenges because mm-hmm. it was just challenging enough to be interesting. <laughs> But it wasn't so hard that you were pulling your hair out. Right. But it was the schedule and the lifestyle was so good that it was uh, impossible to find other people, other actors, comedians that you could talk to about it. Right. Because nobody wanted to hear it. Yes. It would be like you're f- like me flying to St. Louis and and you're all the shit that goes into that. Yeah. And you're like, I drive 10 minutes and I go in my parking spot and you walk on set and flick a lit cigarette at a guy. <laughs> and like, you fuck like if you could see what a Monday looked like, which is where the script is the roughest. You do a table read, and then later on, you're kind of rehearsing it, right. but you know they're going to change it. It's mostly so you're on the set, you're in the kitchen with the swinging door, and you're sitting in the chairs at the kitchen table right. and with these friends, and you have your script, and the director's there, and you're just you talk and fuck around and laugh. 
for like 30 minutes and then you rehearse for 15 minutes and you're like, this is all going to change. But right. maybe maybe go to the kitchen, go to the fridge when you say that. <laughs> right. Let's try right. it. You do yeah. it once or twice. You're done early afternoon, I'll say. Ugh. Unbelie- right. I pick my daughter up every day. Oh, that's great. But that when to your point and the coolness thing, uh, it because when the when the offer came in, I was like, this isn't like cool. It's not like the cover of Rolling Stone. Nobody's going to be like, right. how we are all on, on spin. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the, the, I'm yeah. on a bowling ball though. Yeah. <laughs> how Pete Holmes bowled over America. <laughs> And then it says Curly Sue reboot in the works, like underneath it for some reason. <laughs> like, it's not that. And I, I've i told this story before, but I called all of uh, so many of my showbiz friends and asked them their advice. And everybody was like, what, did, what the fuck are you doing? But I grew up in that, I came up in that Rafifi way where it was it, like if Eugene Merman didn't think it was cool, you shouldn't do it. Right. And then I'm so glad I did it. And right. to your point, uh, I would do it again yeah. and val said to me just the other day she's like look you did a good job you weren't an asshole and i've heard uh, a lot of stories about people on multicams kind of having meltdowns sure because you're the fancy boy on set and you kind of start to believe your own hype mm-hmm. and turn into a dick no one was a dick on that set we were all nice we had a great time we did our job we were funny we were on time we, we had a good time uh she's like i wouldn't be surprised if you got another right network multicam yeah. or network show and i was like any day yeah. Like I've completely flipped. That's I don't what, have a lot of people to give this advice, but I'm like, if if a network calls with a show, do it. Yeah. And don't just do it because everybody goes, must be nice, make a lot of cheddar cheese. Yeah. I'm like, buddy, cheddar cheese, I get it. It's fine. You I, need cheddar cheese. Yeah. A good they actually life. pay me in money, not cheese this time. They but. pay me in br- gruyere. <laughs> Why is money always like Food, bread, cheese, you got lettuce, some, gave bread. You some good bread for that. <laughs> Do you just want a sandwich? Making your bread and butter. Look, I need a job. I need to make some uh, bread. I need to make some bread and yeah. butter. I need to make some cheese. <laughs> I need to make some lettuce, a little bit of green. I think you just want a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and then we widen a reveal there in a subway. You're gonna love this job. You get nine employee subs a day, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. We don't recommend you take all nine. <laughs> you you have to take all nine. What? Good news, Just, bad news, you get nine. They watch you eat them. Bad news, Jared comes by. This is in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Pre-scan. <laughs> Jared comes by. This is pre-scan. He says that. This is pre-scandal. What? Oh, we knew the whole time. <laughs> Yikes! Cut, yeah. cut, hold cut, on, hold, cut, hold. cut, cut, uh, <laughs> Um. So, yes, I. the thought of doing something that you, like, this is what you tell me. The goal of my life now, and it seems insane, and the majority of the world's cultures would not understand mm-hmm. what I'm about to say, okay. but I'm 43, uh, through history, I mean, I'm 43 years old, and just now I'm starting to be like, what would be the best life? Not just like, what will make Michael Gorman look at me and go, gee whiz, <laughs> <laughs> What would make Nick crawl gander right, at me right. and be like, how do you do that? Yeah. I'm having the same thing. I'm just like, I'm 42. We're a job. the same. A job. <clears throat> a job. Uh, this is what Maddie and I would say to be a worker among workers, just to have yeah. your place, to do your thing, to do it well, to not be, uh, not very 43, not be traveling around, not be chasing it, not be like, 
grinding and hustling. Like, yeah. I really feel like there's still some grind in me and still some hustle in me for sure. sure. But like the young man's thing of like, do you want to go to Indiana to do a 3 p.m. show in a firehouse for 28 Mormons? I'm like, what's it? Yes. I mean, what's it pay? Yes. I mean, fuck, I'm already committed. They're like, it pays a tiny bag of JetBlue peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. If someone told me uh, they wanted to fly me out to uh, Sonoma now to do Trump at the Yellowtail, you know, fucking retreat. Yes. Which I did several times. Like, no. I don't think at this point. <laughs> Those I'd days like are over. Yeah. I'm true lies, baby. Uh, but I'll tell you this, and this is kind of interesting. So I, I hope for you. I called Mike Birbiglia, and after the show was going, I was like, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I'm not working on a lot of my ideas anymore. Like, I, oh. I kind of thought, like, it satiated every need. There's right. a great line in Mad Men where Roger Sterling says, when this job is good, it meets every need. And How We Roll met every need. It met my social need. It's great. It met my comedy need, like my performance. Mm-hmm. I got a razzle-dazzle them. Yeah, yeah. But all, like the number one really was the social feeling like you belonged and that you were making something with 150, 200 other people. Right, right. Like literally the builders and the lighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just That's felt so satisfied. Yeah. And I was also, we were also good financially. So I was like, I just don't feel the need to come home and work on that movie script. Mm-hmm. And Mike Birbiglia was like, that's one of the reasons I don't do shows like that. Like, I think Birbiglia gets offered things like that. Right. I think he says no. And the reason is, is like, there's a certain thing of like, have you seen the movie Big Fish? Yeah. You yeah. know, when he, he's in the middle of his journey and he goes into Spectre, the perfect town. Yes. It's yeah. where Steve Buscemi lives. Uh-huh. And they're all like, stay, stay inspector, yeah, yeah. stay inspector. And he has to leave. Right. He has to eventually escape. Right. Uh, there is the honeypot trap. As I'm saying this, buddy, please put me back in the honeypot. Yeah. <laughs> but there are like those Andy Warhol ride or die artists like Brabiglia that are like, there's a risk to doing something that takes yeah. you and, and actually satiates your needs right. and it might be you don't write the man from los angeles you know what i mean right. like right the, but like really consider that like if you're a hovering awareness looking at your life at the end of it and and they're like and that's when you book true lies and you're like i remember that that was yeah. the best day of my life and they're like actually look what would have happened if you hadn't booked yeah. true lies <laughs> and they smear and it's like you create the covid cure you know like <laughs> something like that i'm not of course i'm exaggerating but there's yeah. like i think you and i are saying the same thing like yeah. uh that's okay we've put enough of the grind in because when we were young all we did was grind and there's yeah. a little bit of a shift in priorities yeah. And I feel I, because I'm I'm I was curious about that because yeah I'm having the same thing. It's like now I'm now I'm gonna I'm going into a thing where I'm doing like an hour long show which has a little more drama to it. There's a comedy element to it, but it's the stakes are going to be higher. Especially after these notes I'm laying out. Yes, <laughs> but it's like not the thing I intended. Yeah, but I'm super excited about gonna, it and I love it. I'm going to tell you something. Everything we're saying is just speculative. Speculative. It's just yeah. to give us, not give us something to talk about, but it's looking at the other side for fun. Well, maybe right. you would have written, you know, yeah, who knows? Steel Magnolias. <clears throat> oh, but I could have done that. But Mike, this is kind of the bigger point, And this is my current fascination. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
when better life when better life right when right like like i really think especially in western consumer achiever society i see it honestly with people in my family like older people in my family i'm like oh you'll just never do it because by the time you could retire or slow down the grooves in your brain to work earn your approval like yeah. you're only good if you're being extra shiny and killing it and in yes. the trades and in the mix and all that stuff. Those grooves are so in there that I'm like, pick your pick your person. I, meaning I don't mean to single out Tim Allen, but Tim Allen would love to be back in the mix. And and can you can you blame him? But like, right. should we be or is it possible to strive for something else? Can I just make my life? I know we're talking about being on a show and yeah. having a good life, but like instead of ride or die and, and not stopping until you get the exact thing you wanted or doing this thing that's just a wonderful life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I I do think I say, at do that. 42 I'm settling into that mindset yeah. of like you know I was I was pretty bummed when I didn't get SNL cuz that was like a dream for a long time. You auditioned? Oh yeah. Tell me the story. Um I auditioned in 2011 and I had just, I had like just signed with, with uh, my agency, and they, and they were like, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "Well, I want to, I want to audition for SNL. It had been a dream of mine for a long time, and I'm, I was like, do impressions." And shit. what if they were like SNL? <laughs> like they, that's when you realize they don't know you yeah, at all. They, huh? Saturday Night Live. Saturday oh! Night Live. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Is are you planning a meeting right now? You want to see me on Saturday night? Uh, this was maybe a mistake. Uh, <laughs> what if I was like, what if I was like, I auditioned in 2011, and I got it, and I was uh, on the cast for seven years, and they never used me. <laughs> We're not really sure what to do with you. <laughs> Every so day. They didn't even put me in the credits, but I was paid. Please as a don't go out for good night. <laughs> I tried. I just what tell me who else was auditioning when you were there? I don't remember the first time. Uh the second time was in twenty thirteen and it was right when they had that mass exodus. It was like uh Armisen and Sudeikis and Hater, they all left. And uh so they were basically seeing everyone. And I remember, I think the, the when the new cast came in, it was like Beck Bennett, Kyle Mooney, uh, my buddy John Milheiser got on. He did a season. Um, so it was that. That was the season I was auditioning for. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was sort of run-of-the-mill audition. Yeah. Um, who did you do? Who did I do? I did Andre, I think. Oh, oh. Gosh, I don't remember even. Oh. <laughs> I might have done Bale. I hope at, he did Bale. At the time, at the time, I was trying to do a, a Will Arnett. <laughs> I, oh I haven't God, done that in I a long do, time. At the time, I can't do it. I can hear it. Yeah, he's just got this low, sort of, you know, low, low smoker's voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh Rubin and I, he, he lets me do his Jason Bateman, which is just... Oh. Ah 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 yeah um don't do that buddy or something like, but it's all, it's just the ah uh, uh, is all I want to do. I've never do, I've never done this 
for him because I'm friendly with him. But I, I would, I was, I forget when I was doing this. I think I was just doing it on a FaceTime with a friend, but it was like uh, a scene from Horrible Bosses 3. And I don't do the other impressions well, but I got to do like a Sudeikis from hanging around with him. And it, so it's like Charlie Day would be like, yeah, we need to do something cool like blow up a bank. And, 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 and so he goes, well, well, I was like, that's like not a bad idea. We'll blow up a bank, and then and then Bait will be like, "Guys, guys, we're not uh, we're not gonna blow up a bank." <laughs> that was great. <laughs> we gotta do something cool, like blow up a bank. Blow up a bank. <laughs> My Sudeikis is always, well, wait, milkshakes. I can't even do it. I'm off. My he ear has, is all he has plugged. This, he has a thing when milkshakes. You, when you milkshakes, in, he he has a thing where he kind of thinks out loud. Yeah. So like he'll have a thought that's not totally done yet, but he just so he's he was like, oh, you know, it's like, oh. and he kind of, um, you know, he can't find he like he's not yeah not done formulating yeah, yeah. It yet, but um, he th- he's thinking yeah. about it out loud. Yes. And so he has these little mannerisms that I've picked up. And uh, then Ted Lasso is just that with a southern accent, I believe. Yeah, it's just it's it's yeah, it's well, Kansas or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it, need it. Um, love that. Where were we? We were just in the brink of. I was oh, you're SNL. SNL story. Oh yeah. yeah, who you did and you did. I did. I also did. Um, this was like a karaoke thing that I do. Is uh, <laughs> what do you mean a bit you did when you'd play do karaoke? When I sing karaoke. I will do. Um, uh, what's the uh, Hey Jealousy, but as Dracula. Tell me, do you think it'd be all right if I could just crash here tonight? <laughs> so I did that. And then when I came off stage, <laughs> one of the crew guys came up to me. He goes, you know, our stage manager is married to the lead singer of Gin Blossoms. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I did not know that. But she's like, she loved it. <laughs> I was like, great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, yeah. jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, jealousy. <laughs> And I would, do, I would do like oh I forget I can't think of all the lyrics but you inject like uh like you know t- uh, tell me do you think it'd be all right to suck your blood tonight like just adding in little draculisms <laughs> I love that yeah my only karaoke bit is usually we'll go to a, a Korean place and there's videos that have nothing to do yes oh with, I love that with the uh, song yeah. And I'll just sing what I'm seeing. So I'll be like, That's a great and I'm in the cab and I'm with a girl. And it looks like we just maybe broke up. Oh, now we're kissing. And like it usually does that. I, does I like to do um, uh, What a Wonderful World. And what I'll do is I'll start it. And like, you know, uh, I see trees are green. Louie, clouds of white. <laughs> and I do a duet with myself, basically. As Louis Armstrong and myself, and I just toss it back and forth. That was one of my, it might be the earliest impression I ever did, because when we were in like third grade, yeah, me and my brother would go, and I think to myself, there's a frog in my throat. <laughs> we thought that was so funny that he just needed to cough. <laughs> I, I recently <clears throat> thought of a bit, I don't know where to put it, but like, Louis Armstrong and Jimmy Durante having a conversation with each other, because it's Jimmy just Durante? the same voice. Oh, okay. He, he he, he's the you know he, he he's a little sharper and like but it's like, hey hey Jimmy, hey Louis, 
You like <laughs> just, they basically have the same voice, so you really can't discern who's talking oh, when. Oh no. <laughs> I want to know who the first person was to play that song, What a Wonderful World, over like dystopian footage. Because that's been <laughs> overdone yes. so many times. It's like just show the worst stuff and be like, Yeah, clouds are white. They're really saying, I love you, like the A-bomb. <laughs> yes. You're like, yeah. oh, God. Okay, uh, here we go I'll again. Give, yeah. I'll give to UNICEF. All right. <laughs> That's All right, Sarah McLaughlin, you got me. Same with Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. I used to love Angel. Loved Angel. <laughs> now I just see a chihuahua being like, please. Yeah. Please help. It's got one eye. Yeah, it rolls yeah. out. Severed Ugh. fish in the background. So you didn't get it. What happened in 2011? Is there any 2011, story there? If I remember correctly, it was, I believe that was the year that Kate McKinnon got hired. And I think they they had the audition and then were like, you know what? We're just going to, we are we need like four women. So we're just hiring women, which which happens, for those of you who don't know, that happens a lot with that show where the, you know, you'll audition and then they're like, well, we just need this and this. We don't. You know, we don't need another white, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, game show host guy. Yeah. You know, we have that. Or yeah. we have, you know, we need, we're looking for this. So it just, it was not. Game show guy. Yeah. It's they always have fun. the game we show guy. We already have the game show guy. We have, we have the game show guy. We don't need well, another game show guy at this time. We have time. the Parnell. <laughs> Beck is our Parnell. Kate is our wig. He's just really phoning it in. Who's our Will? Lauren. I think we need a Will this year. Will was our John, and John was our Dan. Oh. Those guys were on the same season. Aykroyd. Yeah, okay. He's malfunctioned. Dennis Miller did his own thing, but I never liked it. Pardon the interruption, weirdos. This episode is brought to us by DraftKings. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice. And if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code WEIRD to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code WEIRD only at DraftKings Sportsbook and a Official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility. Re- <laughs> minimum age and re- eligibility restrictions apply. Uh, see our show notes for more details. Back to the show. Have you ever almost died? Great question. Yes, I. Uh, <laughs> uh, I Krasinski'd. I was at a. We were staying at a lake in Michigan, Lake Michigan. It's small, no, it's a small <laughs> lake uh, about fifteen minutes away from Lake Michigan. It's just like a. It's a hard lake, lake to be. Yeah, I'm a lake in Michigan. A, <laughs> lake Michigan. 
About 15 no. minutes. <laughs> no. It's like being Jim Carell. <laughs> and there was this little inlet, and I was sure that I could swim across it. So I rode I rode a bike around. <laughs> I thought for a second. To the, so I rode my horse. <laughs> Mike. No. I got on a bike. I rode around to the end of the lake to the inlet, and I was going to swim across the inlet to this other side where there was like a beach. Forgive the uh, city boy question, but an inlet is so like it, it's like <laughs> like picture like um, the lake is like the Mickey Mouse's face, yeah, and the inlet is like the ear. It's like a smaller like little cove. I see. within the lake. I'm really glad I asked. And I'm thinking about <laughs> Mickey Mouse, and it makes me happy. And so you're uh, gonna swim across. So I decided to swim across this little section of the lake to this like beach area on the other side, and. Um, Oh no, I didn't ride my bike around that time. I got, uh, my wife at the time dropped me off on a jet ski on one side and I was like, I'm going to swim. And I nearly made it to the other side, but I got gassed real fast. And I, I put my feet down because I thought there was, I thought I could stand and I couldn't. I was still in deep water. And I'm watching her ride away oh, and no. she turns and I'm waving, I'm like waving like I'm fucking drowning. And she just goes, waves, waves, and then turns and goes back to the house. And I basically was like, all right, I took a deep breath and I went underwater and swam the rest of the way till I could touch bottom and then I could stand. But I, it was really scary for like a good minute. I was like, I cannot hold, I cannot tread water anymore. Okay. So that was the crazy to death. That the way that we say, hello, everything's fine. The same hand gesture is, yes. I'm dying. I'm drowning. I'm yeah, drowning help. in front of you. I'm drowning and you can help. Yeah. You're yeah. on a motorcycle of the sea. Yes. <laughs> Come get me easily. Yeah. Won't even be five minutes of your day. Yeah. And she's like, yep. See ya. Nightmare. I'm going to go have a sandwich. Nightmare. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was off. As I watched her drive off, I was just like, I'm on my own. And you, <laughs> and you went down to make it easier to swim. Yes. I just I just couldn't stay above anymore. So I, you were wasting too much energy staying above. Yeah. yeah. So, so I went, went under and I just thank God. Yeah. What a nut so. You yeah. ever poopy your pants? Or when's the last time you pooped your pants? Uh, the last time I pooped my pants was. Uh, <laughs> Can you tell it as Christian Bale? In... <laughs> the last the last time I pooped my pants um, it was in <laughs> it would would have been in like two thousand nine or ten. I had the flu. And I'm laying on the couch with a like 102 poo. fever. 102 flu poo? Some, 100, 102 flu poo. Which sounds like a children's show. And you trusted a fart? I trusted a fart too, too loudly. And I and it just... Yeah. <laughs> what did I just... I was just watching something and he said... He said... And I'm, I'm stealing this now. But yeah, I stood up and I felt the fart run down my leg. <laughs> Is there another? It seems like you have a bunch of poo story, uh, poop your pants stories. No. No, no, no. I really <laughs> Is that? I like that that's like a method you use for your guests where it's like, it sounds like you do. And then mm-hmm. you go, all right. The other one. It- <laughs> Only because you went, well, the last time. The, oh, I just meant like, you know, since yeah. being like a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, I have yeah, not yeah. pooped my pants. uh I well, think that was the only adult time. Other than the underwater. 
69. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the meaning of life? We're at that point in the show. Oh, Christ. Good um, answer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, do you, did you, were you raised religioso? I was raised in a very strict Irish Catholic house. I, I went to Catholic school my oh, entire no. life. Was it grades first through twelve? Was it everything everybody sees in the movies? It was Rulers uh, on the they, knuckles. They had they had done away with the beatings by the time I got there. <laughs> Good, uh, but it, but the um, the psychological beatings. beatings were still very much in play. Really? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And did you have to do all that? Like, what are the mortal sins, Michael? Yeah, you you know they take you to confession and all this shit. You go to mass. Uh, I think we had mass was the first Wednesday of every month. You'd go to class mass hmm. and all that stuff. And we went to church every Sunday. Um, I was just, so I, one of the guys I love uh, very much, he's like a father to me is Richard Rohr. He's a Franciscan, uh, which is fun. So that's Catholic. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how like spirituality is almost all about uh, self-surrender, realizing that your ego isn't shit and letting mm-hmm. it die and waking up to your true identity. So he goes, so really, until you're like 30, yeah. like really when you like fully are ready to start going. Yeah. And that's, by the way, when Jesus did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're 30, you start to kind of go like, wait a minute. Yeah. This thing I call Pete is really just an abstraction. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let it go and realize, we can even use scientific language, I'm I'm awareness or I'm consciousness or I'm a part of something bigger or I it's all one whatever you want to say, but the Pete thing is really just kind of like my outfit. Yes, but that that self surrender can't really happen until, as Ramdas would say, his pictures up there. You have to be somebody before you can be nobody. Mm -hmm. And spirituality is sort of about becoming nobody. So anyway, Richard, a Catholic, was like, until they're that age, all we should be doing is praising them and supporting them. Right. He's like just being like, you're good. I see you. Because they need to get all that competition out of their way, all of that energy, all of that zeal for life. They're new. You're new here. Yeah. yeah. You want to touch and run and throw and all that yeah. stuff. So, like, it's all that first stuff is just about giving them a good container. But, like, it's crazy. I'm not saying it's crazy. I think it might be a little misguided to start telling people. Like the serious teachings of mysticism yeah, or like, religion. I can't when smoke you're like, a cigarette till I'm 18, but I'm supposed to embody this life philosophy that is intended. From six years old or five years old, which is which. Yes, I. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, I really think that's insane. Yeah, it should just be. This is your group. Like it's nice yeah. to kind of belong to a group. This is how to be nice, even though deep down that's not what it's about. But we're going to teach you how to be nice. Right. Uh, teach you some basics, make you a little less afraid of death. Yeah. The ideally. right and wrong of it is great yeah. and necessary. Yeah. And there's a lot of I mean I don't I don't regret growing up that way. I, I think it shaped me into a good person. Yeah. Um but, but even even the philosophical thing about it wasn't even the reason why I stopped going. It was it's more like if you're fed the same meal, the same dinner every night for eighteen years. Yeah. You're not, and somebody puts something new in front of you. You're gonna, you're gonna go for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm done with it. I'm done. Loaves and fishes every night. (laughs) (laughs) You get a little, you get a little wafer and a sip of wine. Yeah, and some places they dip. You got to ask ahead. Is this a dip church? Do you dunk? 
Yeah. Is this transgressions or sins? Uh, when you do the Lord's Prayer. Um, so you, what did, what, when you broke away from your Catholic meal, what did you do? I think I completely kind of rejected it for a long time. No it, meals. <laughs> no, no, no food. No food. <laughs> and only, Although atheism is its own food. Oh, absolutely. Or, or, or taking a break from a, religion is its own atheism food. Atheism is probably just as much effort as... You know, sure. It, well, in, this, in the way that any worldview is, it, it seems like it's the I'm out. Yeah, but it, it's it, yeah. it's hard. You're not off the hook. It would be great if you could just go I'm out and be yeah. off the hook. Yeah. Even yeah. some we have friends that just seem so carefree and they don't mm-hmm. give a shit about any like why are we here? What is this all about? Yeah. Where are we going? I don't buy it. I it, no it, 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 meaning it's unconscious. Like you might just be going. And and watching the new Sonic movie stoned, but somewhere deep, I should have gotten stoned deep, when yeah, I watched me the Sonic too. movie. Me too. Uh, although Benny Schwartz, you were great. Uh, ben Schwartz, wonderful Schwartz, one of my best Schwartz. He's a Ben. He's a Schwartz. You put them together. He's Ben Schwartz. We don't know. <laughs> but I still think it's at, at that point it's latent. It's unconscious. Meaning your existential dread is still at play. You're just not yes. dealing with it. And right. the work. That you're putting off, not to make, not to say everybody needs to do it, but I kind of think you do. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, you have to go like, Mike, we're fucking molecules. It's yes. nuts. Yeah, it's a fucking conundrum. And if you think the origin of these conscious molecules having a conversation on something that we've agreed to call a couch, if you think that's nothing, that's still a very interesting worldview. It's still, it, it doesn't get you off the hook. Is my point right? If you think this is a cosmic accident. It doesn't mean like you understand where it's going or what it does next yes. or anything really. Yeah, and that that to me is like, you know, if you talk to somebody and they're like, you know, and you don't necessarily have to be afraid of it, but if, you, if somebody's like, I don't, you know, death, I don't really think about it. It's like, you don't? Yeah. Because that's something, that, that's all I think about. I you agree. know, Or like these heavy things that, you know, you act like, doesn't bother you but you have to think about it you have to wonder what the... it's the clock on the game yeah you yes. can't play the game well if you don't know what quarter you're in yeah. <laughs> yeah and what the score is yeah and i actually that goes back to what i think christianity is about at its deeper levels when you are a fully formed person is not just acknowledging that death is coming but that you know to quote the ancients, the Greeks. Yeah, we have to die before we die. You have to. If, if you're afraid of dying, you haven't figured out who you truly are, mm-hmm. and that's the work of life: is yeah. to go like, wait, there are these things that you use as markers to identify yourself, but they're in shift, they're in flux, yeah. they're changing. Yeah, and I can change a lot of them. The extreme example I like to use is like, even if you're like, I'm from this area or I'm this or that, I could somehow extract your consciousness like in a science fiction movie <laughs> and put it in an amorphous blob and move that amorphous blob to a planet that's entirely water and you just swim with other jellyfish right. and you're there for a million years. You won't even remember ever being Michael Gorman, but you, the the backdrop upon which we write all of those stories right. will still be the same. Right. That's what spirituality is. It goes, okay, then what is the backdrop? Mm-hmm. What is the least divisible essence, element of existence? Yeah. And that's who you are. Yeah. And when you can realize you're that, you get a lot less nervous that you're going to die. I th- and, uh, that, and I th- that the story is going to die. Or that the, white, the whiteboard is going to be wiped clean. I right, guess is right. Way to I, I think my grandmother lived to be 100. And towards the end, she really only started to like 
lose her sort of faculties in the last six months that she was alive. And towards the end, she kept saying, like, I'm ready. Mm. I'm ready to go. And you hear that when older people, they, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And I just, you know, you can, the best you can probably hope for is that you reach a point where you're ready to go yeah, yeah. when it's time and it's not a surprise, you know. That's another one of those. Well, we talk, Val and I, I don't know if it's morbid. We always go, do you want to die happy or do you want to die sad? And I, I don't think, I don't know what the right answer is. Mm-hmm. If you're happy, you're flush with this feeling of like, I can't wait to see what's next. I want to extend this. I want, right. like, you're excited about the, or do you want to, like, we decided the last time we talked about it. You want to have just rounded a mountain. You did a yes. thing. You wrapped season 317 of True Lies. <laughs> and you've gone over the mountain. And you're like, that was good. Like your grandmother. Yeah. That yeah. was good. But you don't want to be like, and tomorrow we shoot season nine. And it's like, wait. <laughs> yeah. You, but that's, it's, it's a joke, but it's also like, the non-attachment to things is, yeah. is is one of the secrets. It seems not just to how to die well, but just how to live well. Yes. To realize that this conversation is the only thing that's happening mm-hmm. is how to have a good conversation. Right. But if I was kind of going like, and then I'm going to have a tuna fish sandwich, that's <laughs> like that's dividing me. Yeah. Uh, and and you can let go into whatever into the mystery yeah. or whatever it is. But do you? Um, no wrong answer. Uh, do you think? Consciousness survives the body. Do you think uh, death is the end? I I like to think that you know consciousness survives, that it's an energy, yeah, and that it can't be destroyed. Um, and I think I you know part of me is just like, oh, maybe that's the science of it, and then part of me is like, well, this is the hope that I hold, so that I just don't go crazy thinking that there's nothing yeah. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, but either way, it's, you know, it's that's sort of comforting to me to think that yeah. at least there's some sort of energy that survives on. I completely agree. I I, I mean, obviously, I, I agree. Everybody knows I'm pretty woo by this point. But Val and I just went to the Brea Tar Pits and we were watching a thing about the end of the Ice Age and what happened mm-hmm. to all the woolly mammoths and how they went extinct and just how cruel obviously when you look at it as a story it's very cruel mm-hmm. like even the the tar pits themselves as they yeah. go in and and then another animal would go in to eat that animal and another right, one would right, go right. in to eat that animal and there's millions of bones in this one right, place yeah, yeah. and you're just like wow that really is a pretty stark example of a pretty uncaring universe it's just like sometimes the universe is tar it will- <laughs> and you want to eat this world will will literally eat you alive right yeah and you're going like, well, fuck that. That doesn't really seem to jive with this idea that like there's purpose and we survive death and all that stuff. But I was like, no, it doesn't. The con- to me, the awareness that is looking at the eyes of the mammoth is the same as the awareness that's looking out our eyes. Sure. And and yeah, they're gone in the same way that I'll be gone. Pete will be gone. But I think the 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 that smallest sampling, the the most fundamental thing to both that mammoth and me isn't going anywhere and can't go anywhere. Right. And that that isn't that that's why it's like good news, bad news. It's like good news, you never die. Bad news, you know, Mike O'Gorman dies. You right. know what I mean? Yes. So it's yeah. like both. I yeah. can't from where I'm standing, and that could be completely wrong and maybe I'll be standing somewhere else. It's bad bad news to you, to your ego, I'll never be able to be like, don't worry, you're still going to be number one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's I I think about that too because I think about 
I think about the process of that energy and sort of a reincarnation idea where, um, you know, maybe that energy does go into something else. And then, well, if you come back, like, what if I come back as a fucking dog or, yeah. you know, someone who needs a wheelchair or, you know, yeah. like, I think like, whereas like, maybe when you're younger, you think, well, I'll just come, reincarnation is just a human coming back as a human. Yeah, but there's but a million different ways. There's a million different things. Well, Dan so. Natterman had a great bit about that, where he's like, the chances of me being born in America twice? And he was just like, he doesn't want to live. I actually think, scientifically, there is a higher chance than he would think, because if you're buried in the States, your proteins and stuff are devoured and consumed oh, by the planet in, the, in, the, in America. And then you might and come then, back there. And then you might come back Which there. is why, as a nation, we refuse to grow. It's the same, <laughs> it's the same people. We die going, Mountain Boo and yeah. cheese fries. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I want to be... I don't, I don't know I want to be cremated. I would love to be just not embalmed and just dumped off a boat in the middle of the ocean. Consumed just really... by fish. And just not having to rot in a box. Would you like to be buried, cremated, or eat by fish? <laughs> Take um, eat by fish. I'll tell you, just in case you get as much out of this image as I did, but Rupert Spira, who I love, S-P-I-R-A, he's incredible. He talks about, he, he believes reincarnation is a possibility, mm -hmm. but he says that everything that's happening is made of, of consciousness, right? Okay. Which sounds like such a weird idea. Until you go like, imagine everything's underwater, and like I said, everything's molecules. Mm -hmm. And I am a activity of that water, meaning I'm like a, a little spiral sure. in the water. And that exists for a while. And there's a little right. spiral. But it's really made. And what he means by that is, like my experience, just like your experience, is just these sensations that are experienced in consciousness. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens outside of consciousness. Right, right. We think we're like, but we're out here and consciousness is something we use to you know, experience an objective reality. He's like, there is no objective reality. The only reason we think this exists is because when I do this, something is written on yeah, consciousness uh -huh. that I, that I go, it's this shape and it's this, right. It gives the perception of consciousness, like in the way that a movement of water gives the perception of a little tornado underwater. Sure. And he thinks if that stops, obviously nothing's happened to water, the tornado or the, what is it called underwater? Um, uh, Whirlpool? Whirlpool works. No, Katie's, Katie's wonderful. Swirl? We're, we're all stoned right now. Wait, <laughs> not a swirl. A bugle? Oh, no. A bugle. It's Is a bugle of water? But then he goes, once that's dissipated, not, not water spout? Did you go to waterspout.com? <laughs> she said, no. Um, but it dis. I, that's what I thought. That makes sense. Whirlpool. Okay. It sounds like that should be like a... like. A, I picture that as like a, a tornado where the top is on the surface. Yeah. That's like a, a water that's, that's a, a water, water spout? spout? Okay. According to waterspout.com. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, everything that dissipates is still there. And then if it's if it runs into another current of movement, it would uh. that same... All the same bits of water would be reanimated. Right. That's a way of like visualizing what could be happening at a moment like death. Sure. I don't know. Just yeah. an image. Or like same. I always think about like uh, I was fascinated by black holes and how like time slows down when you reach the event horizon. Yeah. And, Scary you know, movie. 
<laughs> yes. I, I, yes. Don't, I don't care for it. Um, I don't even yeah. know. That's like out of my pay grade. So you're going towards a black hole and time slows yeah, down? Yeah, time slows down the closer you get into it. How do they know that? They send a little uh, alarm clock, like an 80s <laughs> alarm clock. They're like, look, it's slowing down. <laughs> so much of science. My watch is ahead of the clock that we sent into the event horizon of this black hole. That's good science, yeah. Jimmy. They tied a string to an alarm clock, and then they just sent it out, and then they pulled it back. They pull it back, and they go, <laughs> yeah. time then go My proceed. My watch is ahead of this. <laughs> time must And could it down. just be the hands of the clock? No, it was time it's itself. Time. <laughs> because I don't even know how you measure time. Now we are just two stoners. Objectively. Like, isn't time? Like, does... Does time exist? I, it only ex- I mean, it does only because. Well, I feel like we could say anything. We could just have. We could. We don't have to have hours and minutes. We could just have one twenty-four hour unit of time. Yes, but we've broken it up into because these of a, things. the sun the moving sun around and, yeah. the earth. And we know things are decaying at a rate that is observable. Right. And I really think it has a lot to do with our heartbeats. Gave us this sense of like sure this, rhythm and then this. Yeah. Than this, uh-huh. than this, but really, sorry to freak everybody the fuck out, including <laughs> me. Uh, this now is the same now. How many? Uh, this is also Rupert Spira. How many nows have you experienced? I mean, uncountable. <clears throat> right, or just one, or just one. Yeah, just one right. long. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. It seems like frames of a movie, yeah. but really, it was all just like it's. It was the same one. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. My edible just kicked in. It was a jujube. You pick it out of your neck. Out of your neck. Sometimes it gets stuck in your teeth. You just you're in the car and your tongue finds it and you just pick it out of your teeth. <laughs> Trying to remember who else before we close. Let's let's not forget any impressions that it is so hot today. It is hot. Real hot. But this is the sleepy summer series. This happens every summer. The episodes just get a little more chill. Do we know how hot it is today? Oh, but a wet seventy-seven. Oh, it's humid. Uh, I'm trying the, to remember the old wet seventy-seven. <laughs> Everybody knows. I drove that thing around for years. Seventy-seven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to remember what impressions you do that maybe are more rare or you're more proud of. I've been doing this one at home. Are you watching this show, The Offer? The it's Offer. The, it's a mini series on. I think it's on Paramount Plus. It's a mini series about the making of The Godfather. So it's yeah. actors playing the producers and people who put together the movie. And Matthew Good, who's a British actor that I quite like, he is playing uh, legendary mega producer Robert Evans. Oh, yeah. He's not doing like a totally true to life impression, but I've been doing his impression of Robert Evans, just like around the house. From the kid stays in the picture. Yes, yes. And so I'm I walk around the house and I'm like, You motherfucking cats seem to need to eat every motherfucking day. <laughs> and I'm just doing his Robert Evans like around the house to no one. Can I just say I watched a documentary, like a mini featurette documentary on the making of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh-huh. And there's this brief moment where they're talking to the director. And this is around the time, you know, maybe a little before Bob Evans. But like, yeah. there was just a time when men 
just talked that way. And yeah. the guy was like, and of course, we got Julie. Julie's a hot dame. She's got perfect breasts. And you're just like, yikes. <laughs> it's when you're like, my buddy's watching it. And I left, like, I sent him like a voice memo. I was like, so you say you lost your wallet. Well, that reminds me of the time my wife, Ali McGraw, left me for screen sensation Steve McQueen. <laughs> they met on the getaway, which ended up being a fantastic picture. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. See, uh, I like that one a lot. Um, Any that you do that nobody else seems to do? I mean, that's, I mean, Bale that's up there. It's kind of that. Bale is your, uh, I know, Bale is your special. I used to have a, I feel like I have a bunch. I just can't think of it. Um, don't even worry about it. I mean, Andre is kind of, that's a yeah. singular one that I don't, I mean, a lot of people do like lines from The Princess Bride and yep. kind of will try and sound, but I feel like I've, no, the fact that the Andre the Giant talk show isn't in its eleventh season. <laughs> well, maybe True Lies can make that happen. I mean, you know, catapult bring me into a place back. where I can bring it back. I definitely have thought about doing that again. It was so good. It's fun. It was very fun to make. And <clears throat> this is our final question because we did get into the meaning of neutrinos. Um, <laughs> do you? Can you think of the time in your life you laughed the hardest, harder than you've ever laughed? Yes. Um, in uh, when I was eleven. I, my parents, I was born in London. My dad was working there at the time. And so they fell in love with all this British comedy. And when I was 11, Rowan Atkinson had done a tour around Europe like a couple of years prior to that. When I was 11, HBO aired it as like a comedy special. Mm. And they were like excited to see it because they loved him and when they were there and stuff. And I had no Senior interest Frito. in it. What's that? Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people know him as Mr. Bean, but I think his There's other stuff other and his live stuff and his his um his Black Adder is so much more really you know, so much more interesting to me than Mr. Bean. But so there was a, he, it was basically this one man show that he did. He toured Europe with, and I lit, I went to bed that night like I I could not sleep because I could not stop laughing so hard at what what was it it was just he, he 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 was doing he was doing comedy in a way you know bob newhart does the phone thing and i had never seen that before but i was watching rowan atkinson would does this thing where um there was two in particular where one was he's playing the devil and welcoming like a new group into hell <laughs> so it's like you know lawyers you know, whatever, and and just like he, you know, <laughs> lawyers, he, and then in the middle of it, he'd be, he'd be like, he'd be like, you know, uh, lawyer over him, and uh, stop screaming, <laughs> you know, just these little, these little accents that, like, of course they're in hell, they're fucking yes, terrified, yes, yes. but he's just like an administrator that's checking people off a list. It's like Saint Peter, but in hell. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Exactly. So like that, just that one man stuff and his little, these little slices of life. Um, were so just new to me, you know, because yeah. I, of course, like I loved when I was a kid, I loved Ghostbusters and all the things that we love when we're kids. But yeah. this was just like, oh shit, like you can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Is it, is it Bill Murray in Ghostbusters where he goes, it's true, this man has no penis? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, I think so. Yeah. When you said that, I immediately went to Bill Murray going, it's true, yes. this man has no penis. <laughs> I was like, Talk about right on the razor's edge of what an 11-year-old could hear. Right. 
right. and love and, love. and no is dirty. Yep. Yep. But, I feel like uh, we weren't so precious back then. No. In the 80s. It did it just had to I don't know. You're absolutely right. I really do sort of worry about like this Val said it perfectly the other day. We're sort of just printing money. And mm-hmm. I she doesn't mean money. It means we're like flooding the market with so much content. Yeah. But it's almost like this absurd. We've entered into a, a, a season of absurdity where it's like even watching things, you might hear a joke you've heard on another show. It's all sort of bleeding into itself. And what she means by printing money is there's no scarcity. So you're just like, at the time, it's true, this man has no penis. You weren't like, well, that's like 78,000 other things I've seen. You're just like, no, right. I've never seen this before. I, I, One of my favorite comedies of all time is Anchorman. I love it. I'll always love it. The term that escalated quickly yep. has been so corrupted and co-opted yep. by yep. so many other things yep. that I, I cannot, in my mind, if, if I'm a writer or director on a film and somebody said that, I'd be like, we can't say that. That was... Yeah. That's the joke they used. Yeah. So we and, I, 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 and the they only made other that up. Yeah. That yes. didn't exist. Until right. That. That's the first time I heard it. It right. was f- funny in reference to what had happened because yeah. it was like this huge fight that erupted. Yeah. And it was a funny bit. And then I see like Zac Efron at the end of uh, Neighbors. It's like you know they're talking about their sort of neighbor war, and he's like that escalated quickly. I'm like really? Yeah. You're just blatantly stealing this yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From this thing that had such a reference. In, yeah. in their own thing. Right. I'm fascinated with the history of all things, because really, I'm not, not to defend neighbors, but everything sort of, like, I want to see a thing about, like, when's the first time you closed a refrigerator and the, and the bad guy was right behind it? Or, like, when, <laughs> or we even make fun of them. I thought you were going to say, open a refrigerator and there's a train going. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing? Laurel and Hardy, like, or Hilarious. whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or I've seen Muppet that with babies the or shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Muppet babies. <laughs> or, like, you come home, it's dark, and someone turns on a lamp. And they're sitting in the dark. Yes. Like, I I really am interested in, like, break... Because I bet everything that we do, like, was at some... Like, That's Gotta Hurt was new when they did it in the Anchorman of 1938. Yes. That's Gotta Hurt. Yeah. Look out, Billy. That's Gotta Hurt. (laughs) And we widen out, Mulaney's watching it. This and tap dance. (laughs) That's how I'll be the comeback kid. He knows. (laughs) Um... What a, what a delightful chat. Do you feel satiated? I do. This was great. Do you feel toasted, like pretty hot? It's hot. It's yeah. hot. But I run hot. I'm always hot. Let's kill our, let, let's qu- kill our liquid deaths. <laughs> you didn't kill it. And would, uh, there's, this is an interesting moment because it's like, what, how, who do you say keep it crispy as? Because that's oh. how we end the show. The guest says right. keep it crispy. But I mean, you could do it. I, there's no shame in doing it as Andre because you know I'll laugh. I, I think we should just do that. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. And we're all going to watch True Lies. Thank you, Pete. In the um, t- sorry. Thank you, Pete. In the time slot. And keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. I can't. Just keep it crispy. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you.